When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome into this special edition of UAP. I am Stephen Diener here with you on the Unidentified Alien Podcast on this, uh, what I think is going to be a very interesting episode for for a lot of you. Um, on Tuesday, I spoke with Michael Herrera and we covered a lot of ground. And I'm going to play that interview here for you today. And it's up to you what you think. I'm just going to, I want to preface it real quick before I jump into it because I really don't want to spend too much time um, kind of talking your ear off before the interview. I want to devote this to what you're going to hear in the interview because it's, it's about an hour long, um, but it's worth it. Trust me. It's, my gosh, is it worth it? But just to preface it real quick, it's shocking. Some of the things you're going to hear, you're, you may not like what you're hearing. You may not agree with what you're hearing. You may find it terrifying. Uh, you may find it intriguing and interesting. And, oh, my gosh, I want to, I want to hear more about what's going on. So it's completely up to you. Like I always say all the time on here, totally up to your opinion of what you have on as far as what Michael is saying here in this interview. Um, but I mean, as you, everybody knows Michael Herrera these days, you know, very famous whistleblower in this field. Um, news came out a couple weeks ago that he and David Grush are in contact with each other. Um, you know, they, they exchange messages, meetings, things like that. They are working together in some you know, aspects, fashion, and form. And he touches on that. Um, and you hear us kind of go back and forth in that because that was something I was told in confidence that they were meeting uh, a few months ago. So now that is out in the open. But just to kind of put credence to what he's saying, I guess, is, is why I mentioned that. But again, a lot in this interview. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. Here is myself and Michael Herrera talking about his experiences investigating, you know, all these so-called... Um, you know, black ops sites and how they run, what the operation is like, how they do the reverse engineering and all these different things. This is a uh, firsthand account from Michael Herrera. This is, these are recent events as well of what, of what he describes here. So take it away. Michael Herrera, who is joining me here today on UAP Weekly. Um, it's a pleasure to have him on again. Mike uh, was on the show a few months ago and We've been in contact since then, you know, keeping up with each other. A lot is going on behind the scenes, a lot, actually, so we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, Michael Herrera, thank you for coming back on here today on UAP. Hey, thanks for having me on. You know, it's been, uh, it's, I mean, realistically speaking, I didn't think that this was going to ever be as big as it's going. At least behind the scenes, there's things I can't really talk about, but just rest assured that there's some very important people who are behind what we are doing and trying to get to the bottom of this. And uh, we've got some legislation that's going to pass through. At least that's the intention of it. So it depends on who the new house of the speaker is, if they can initiate uh, this panel of people to have subpoena power, because then we can call the people that we know that have access to this stuff that are lying about it and have them testify in front of Congress and the Senate and you name it. So very exciting times. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is the goal. And, you know, for anybody who's not up with what, you know, Michael Rivera has been doing and what we've talked about in the past, it's all about disclosure. You know, you've been through a lot, Mike, and we won't have to we don't have to rehash all the stuff that we've spoken about already with your own experiences. You can if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to our first interview together about, you know, some of Mike's experiences. So this is kind of the updated stuff. But you're still working a lot, like you said, on disclosure and a lot of the stuff behind the scenes with Congress and things like that. So, you know, where are we now when it comes to all that? 
Well, um, as you you guys may not be aware, but uh, Schumer actually put a uh, resolution, at least he's trying to put a bill through the House that allows everything to be claimed under eminent domain that has anything to do with non-human intelligence. So that's the that's the word that the government uses, right? At least the um, acronym, non-human intelligence mm. or NHI. And uh, what that does is basically any materials associated with that that are foreign, um, exotic materials, um, stuff that is not supervised by Congress, the Senate, or as public knowledge, at least to them, what this does allows that to be taken in control from the government. And then um, basically they have to appoint people to do that, have agencies that actually oversee that kind of stuff. So it's there's what people are not understanding is there's a lot of after the fact questions that still need to be answered and actually thought through. Um, everybody's like, okay, we can get this stuff. We can try to you know, you know, sequester whatever it is through the legal means, through the court systems and through Congress and the Senate. But everybody's asking, what do we do after that? Yeah. And that's what basically the drawing board is. So everybody on Capitol Hill is also thinking that, but there are also people who may not know that this is actually going on. So now they're either being read into it. And of course, you got the disinformation tactics. You know, you also have mainstream media doesn't cover it as much anymore because it's all about what's going on in the Middle East. So there's a lot, it feels like there's a lot of stuff that's being swept under the rug right now, but that's why people like me and uh, some associates of mine, that's why we keep hammering this every single day, getting in touch with people in DC and just say, Hey, I mean, what, what's the plan? You know, what, what do we got to do? Keep going. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because, you know, obviously, you know, world events, um, interests shift, uh, focuses shift. And a lot of the focus before some world events that have taken place, was on the disclosure discussion, right, with David Grush and with, you know, Ryan Graves and Fravor, who were all in front of the congressional panel, in front of the world, under oath. And that was a really big deal. That was something that, you know, the world kind of latched onto. And then also with the Mexican here, you know, you have like Robert Salas and, you know, the likes of people, uh, Roni Vernet was down there. So a lot of people were down in Mexico when they revealed the, you know, Peruvian alien mummies, so to speak, that... You know, they're still being investigated and things of that nature. So the disclosure discussion really was heating up and it seems like it's kind of simmering now. Does it does it feel like that mm -hmm. way to you, Mike? Has it kind, kind of gone down to like a boil to a simmer in the world's view? Anyway? Well, I mean, it, there, in, in looking at putting myself in the situation of like some government officials that I know, um, they're dealing with a lot. Yeah. They got a lot on their plate. I understand that there's things that are going to be more dramatic. There's going to be more time sensitive issues compared to this subject. Uh, one, I think they understand that they're going to be on a little bit of a wild goose chase if they try to initiate themselves. But that's why people like associates of mine, for example, who may have been in these facilities or who understand, you know, that time is really a luxury that all of us don't have when it comes to disclosure, because there's a lot of forces at play here who are trying to sweep that under the rug. So this whole thing of trying to juggle all this stuff together, yeah, I, I get it. In their shoes, they're probably losing their minds up on Capitol Hill because of all this stuff going on. You've got the elections come up. You have everything on the political world going on. Then you have disclosure. Then you have possible war. Everybody's worried about everything else, which is understandable. So as long as we keep the focus and keep putting that pressure on and keep hammering these guys, you know, we got some good people on our team that are putting everything through with that. You know, uh, people I don't even know personally, but I know of, they're also putting their weight in D.C. to say, hey, you know, this is what we advise. This is what we should do. Um, this is what you guys should do. And more as an advisor role. So I think if we keep that grip and that, that firm hold on them, they can accommodate everything else. But the problem is, is these people who are running these illegal and unconstitutional programs, Time is their friend because they already have an 80-year head start on these guys, mm. right? So they're already doing the illegal stuff. That's how they make money. They don't, they're don't. they not going to sit here and sell it to you know, Joe Q Public, for example, to have uh, zero-point energy devices to power up his home and his car mm. and not have to pay for fuel ever again. They don't care about that. They make more money off of the fact of what they're doing already illegally. So um, this is where I'm going to caveat into what I've been learning from uh, my contacts in this deep black organization that I witnessed in 2009. All right. When I came forward with my testimony, I had hypothesized it was drugs that were in those containers because I had an HVAC system on the top. Well, what ended up happening was 
It was not drugs because I was corrected and I was told I was wrong about that. I was told I was wrong by people who work in that system, who do those operations, may have been a part of them at certain points, especially in 2004 with a couple of these guys have been forward with that. So what they had explained to me was it's not human trafficking. The thing that made me feel good about this was I actually, you know, a lot of us in this in this movement here, um, we ruffled their feathers up, kind of comparing them to what, you know, these Hollywood elitists might be doing. You know, you hear the talk about adrenochrome, organ harvesting, you know, sex trafficking and all that kind of stuff. So they actually don't want to be compared to that. Hmm. So it kind of made me feel good that that actually kind of bothered them a little bit. So it made me understand that there's a lot of good people in these organizations that have been misled through the years. Because some of these guys have been in since the 90s, at least these deep black organizations, you know, so they have a hell of a screening process. I'm not going to get into that uh, because I don't want this to narrow down who may be uh, helping me release this information publicly as well as coordinating with the government on the back end. Because needless to say, I beat them to the punch. When I came out, they got wind of it. They got a hold of me through Dr. Greer and basically told Dr. Greer, hey, can you give Mike our information, we want to tell him what he witnessed, what the purpose is for, and actually meet face-to-face and, and build rapport and ultimately disclose what they need. Because these guys want to get out of this organization. They have families. They've got wives, you know, children, stuff that matters to them more than having to play ball for an illegal and unconstitutional organization. So and this organization is global, yeah. right? So – the program that I'm going to talk about specifically, and mind you, I am learning about this as much as the audience here is, as much as you are, Stephen. So um, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know because of the fact that I'm not one-on-one with these programs. I'm not face-to-face with what's going on. I do, however, and all I'm going to say is this, I have an opportunity soon to witness some of these programs from these insiders at some point. Um, I'm not going to get in specifics with that, but that what the purpose of that is they want me to witness and see this firsthand so they I can make up my mind and, and actually understand it instead of having to take their word for it. So, so these guys are helping. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, so you've actually been in contact with some of these, I guess we can call them insiders who are working at these black sites who are involved yep. with some of these you know, underground operations of, is it human trafficking? Is it you know reverse engineering technology? Is so, it both? Reverse engineering is definitely a big part of it, all right, because what people don't understand is that people like these insiders of this black team, which these black team operators are screened from different various parts of the government as well as military, right? They have ultimate screening processes to see what somebody's uh, cognitive abilities are, reaction times, their stress levels, things like that. What would make them perfect for this role? But there's another caveat to that. The other caveat is the fact that they screen these people for their personality. Now, if you're able to go along with the the plan as far as being corrupt, um, basically evil people, and you have uh, your psychopathic or uh, sociopathic, that's what they use to recruit these people to do this illegal and unconstitutional stuff. The beautiful part about that is that there's more good guys than there are those people, right? So that's why the good guys want this to come out. That's why they're whistleblowers. They don't want to come forward because they've seen what, you know, the backlash that Dave Grush has been getting, Fravor, among the other ones, including myself for the matter. Right. So they don't want to come out in the public. Like, they don't care about that. But what they want is this to come out. And since what I witnessed was directly what they were doing, that's why they figured, okay, I could be the voice of these guys, bring all this to the surface. I've already talked to many government officials about this. So they actually know about this. Ross Coldheart is another person I've talked to who actually knows about this, knows some stuff going on in the back end with this. The program that I witnessed what they were doing, they screen certain people with certain abilities and they call them psionics. The screening process that they have is called psionic um, predisposition potential or what they dub P3. Okay, that's what these, this program does. It screens these, person, these people from um, a genetic level that have quote-unquote psychic abilities, all right? So let's say if you have an elevated consciousness, you're from third world countries, you have, you're not indoctrinated, you're not uh, raised by television or cell phones, so to speak. So consciously, you're going to be on our debt because you're not broken down by technology, right? So these people have that understanding. So when you're taking people from 
third world countries that have high spiritual, um, you know, morality, all that kind of stuff. And you put them into these programs. One, you're giving them a lifestyle they're not used to because they have everything provided for them, living in these facilities, having medical care provided for them, having everything that they possibly could need. All right. Uh, everything taken care of. Right. So if they're going back to an area in the world where it might be war torn, there may be some rebels in the area that may, you know, murder their families. I mean, this is real stuff that they deal with on a daily basis of, you know, maybe some of them don't even have clean water, let alone don't even have a, uh, a pot to boil water in per se. So you take them in from that environment, put them into this. Now, the caveat to that is because these black team operators cannot access this advanced technology by themselves. They use these people to do that. Hmm. So essentially, think about um, option A here is like a black team member. B is a psionic person or a P3 asset, as they call them. And C is going to be the advanced tech or ET technology. So what happens is the black team has a machine that they hook to the psionic person. That psionic person then hooks up to the advanced tech or ET tech. And person A can control the ET tech through that psionic person. That also tells them how they can reverse engineer and make different technologies such as weapon systems, propulsion systems, vehicles, um, medical applications even, even stuff for breeding programs, which is what they've been doing for the last 60 years. Okay, so this stuff is very well in depth. Everybody's stuck on the, the aspect of UFOs or having these reverse engineered craft. That's only a small percentage of what they actually do. The stuff that in, in the quote unquote from what they have told me was that that's boring to them. Transportation is boring. They have other stuff that's more miraculous and, and more spectacular than stuff that flies. Okay. So I had told you, I've told other people about the meeting I was going to have with this insider. Right. All right. And I'm very hesitant about this. Now, now, mind you, my interaction at that time with these people before was being held at a gunpoint, possibly potentially could have been killed. Right. So I'm not necessarily like, oh, for all, okay, I'm going to go meet these people and just say that. I was scared. Sure. I was freaked out because yeah. now I have to deal with the horse's mouth. And, and, I, I, and just for context, real I, quick, Mike, um, this yeah. this was, um, I guess, a couple months ago. And I I haven't spoken about this to anybody until right now, but it seems like we're, we're going to talk about it um, where you had this meeting and yes. you reached out uh, to me um, directly, you know, through different yep. channels and everything. And said, hey, look, here's what's happening. I'm going to have this meeting. Black Sites, uh, this insider wants to talk to me. They're going to tell me some things. They're going to show me some things. I want you to know in case something happens. And this was, yes. you know, a couple months ago or so, two or three months ago. And I've held that in. I haven't put that out on social media. I haven't spoken to anyone about it, even um, really in my family. So this is new right. to everyone right now that um, you had this meeting and – I'm excited to talk about it with you because honestly, I ever since you told me that you were going to have it, I haven't really heard the details on it because I knew how sensitive right. it was. Right. And that, you know, that's intentional, of course, because there's a lot of forces at play here. This is very dangerous stuff. You know, um, it, it's scary. I, I can't, I, I would be lying to you, say, if that, if I wasn't freaked out, because there's a lot of stuff that I worry about with this. I worry about my family. I worry about my wife. I worry about my dad. Um, I worry about everybody involved with this. Um, there's a guy behind the scenes that I've been rela relaying information to, to, and he got a hold of me personally because he wanted some context, at least to investigate as uh, more of a person, you know, who has a broad attention to detail in a lot of things, which is uh, remarkable. His Reddit handle is Joey is not my name. I'm not going to say this guy's identity or his name because I don't need this guy being blasted or being put into the treatment that Grush is getting myself among other people who keep hammering into this. So this guy, uh, I'm thankful for him being on, at least being an ally and getting the information out there. I've read some of the posts on Reddit that he's done about what I've disclosed to him that I wanted him to release. And, um, you know, he knows what it's like to be in my shoes because of the fact that there's people who disbelieve what even he says, mm -hmm. which is understandable because I don't expect somebody that, you know, goes to work for eight to 10 hours a day, goes home, watches television and goes to bed. If you're not in, if you're not doing things outside of that, you're not going to put yourself in, in that environment to do that. Right. I would have never done, been able to partake in anything what I'm learning now if I didn't step forward 
and actually uh, speak about what had happened to us. So now that I had this, this guy, you know, I got in touch with this guy through Dr. Greer. He gave me his phone number and he said, hey, go ahead and re reach out to this guy. He wants to talk to you. He's a very high up insider in these organizations. So I'm like, okay. I sat on it for about a day thinking about it. And I, like I said, I was freaked out because the last, the last kind of involvement I had with this was literally getting held at gunpoint. Right. That's not enjoyable. So right. I had a thousand different thoughts going to my head. What if these guys are going to take me out somewhere and kill me? Mm -hmm. What if they're going to know who I am to use my family to whatever it is against me? You know, I, that's the last thing I, I need right now. And that's the last thing I want. I understand that there's going to be risks because of what we're doing. But needless to say, I was really nervous to the point to where when I went to this meeting, I'm not going to say where it was. I'm not going to say uh, specifics of who, who was there, whatever it is, because everybody needs to be protected on this because these guys have a lot to lose, too, just like myself. So they had provided me a sidearm. The guy asked me before um, actually talking to him was that, what do you prefer, a 1911 or a Glock? What do you, what do you like? I'm like, mm. well, you know, I like Glocks. They're nice. You know, they're reliable. They're kind of like the Honda Civic of pistols these days. You know, everybody's got them. So he hands out a, he pulls out a Glock, clears it, hands it to me with the slide rack back, and I, uh, he says, go ahead and load it and chamber around. Hmm. So that's what I did. Wow. And he says, go ahead and keep it on you. You can put it on your hip. So I kept it right on my lap, and nobody else was armed. It was just me. And he did that because he understand that going through what, what we went through and having um, these guys who are part of this start wanting to tell me things and, and try to read me up on what the truth of all this is. I felt good that they trusted me to be armed because I said a lot about these guys because I was fucking scared. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was nervous. I was, I, I, you know, and after, you know, we went on a helicopter ride to the installation, to this black site. And uh, it was, it was remarkable. It was, uh, that day was a life-changing day for me. Um, I was still nervous of the fact because literally after I had been exposed to what now I know and seeing things that uh, nobody else ever gets to see or partake in or even know about, I couldn't sleep for a week. Mm. I was nervous, dude. I, I'm like chewing on my fingernails because, you know, at that time I was just like, you know, like I, I my anxiety, I don't really have it that much because I know how to manage it. I go to the gym. I do, you know, I did bodybuilding for years. So, you know, that's my outlet for things like that. But it's like the real, the fact that it's like, oh my God, like this is real. Like there's people, this is a normal day of work to them. But here's somebody like me who's never been exposed to this. I've only seen partial of that because of what I witnessed in 2009. But now all of a sudden I'm being read into this. Now all of a sudden my life shifts this direction of, okay, I'm the only one outside of this group who knows about this. So the question I had for myself was, well, who the hell is going to take this serious? Because there's realistically, there, there's evidence of this stuff, which will be provided soon. It just has to be at the right time and at the right place because of things that are going on on the back, on the, on the background of things that there's even things I don't know in that nature. So having resources and having people such as yourself, such as the guy, Joey's not my name on Reddit, which has been uh, very helpful. Um, he was the one who went on his own and actually went through the details to find out things without my knowledge, of course. Mm -hmm. And he was able to understand that, yes, this meeting took place. Yes, we did fly to a black site that he knows about and he's not, he knows, he knows the seriousness of this as well. So he's very cautious about it and I'm thankful for that. But going from the press club event in DC, which you were there doing Dr. Greer's event, mm -hmm. going on a show, show, doing a fade to black, doing all these other uh, shows such as yourself. And all of a sudden getting fed this information through these people of explaining why this process is and what the, what the purpose of it is for. This P3 screening program, by the way, and this makes me feel better, is these people are not taken against their will. They're not held at gunpoint. Okay. They're not forced into, into doing any of this. They don't have to partake in it if they don't want to. That's their choice. Okay. The reason being is because at a conscious level, if they're happy and they're feeling good and everything's provided for them, they're going to feel great. If they feel great, consciously, they're going to be higher. 
Mm. The only thing that bothers me about this to an extent, because I understand what their process is now that I've been read into it. It's almost like the United States looking for a cheaper labor source outside of like in Mexico, for example, right? To have factories out there to build materials and then import them back to the United States, mm. right? Cheaper labor costs. We do the same thing with heavy equipment in China, right? As opposed to having the overhead here to do all the manufacturing, we just do stuff over in China that they build everything, test out for us, send it here. We do the final assembly, you name it. So these guys do the same thing, but with these P3 assets. Hmm. So they actually have them on uh, serotonin and a bunch of uppers because it even boosts their consciousness even higher. Now, in this world, too much of a, of, of a thing is not good. Excessive amounts are not good. When it comes to the endocrine system with this kind of stuff, as well as what it does to the human body, because these people are still human. They're just very gifted people in the consciousness degree. They, uh, they succumb to that and they pass away. Mm. The machines that they hook them up to sometimes, best case, and this was earlier on while they're still ironing this stuff out, was they'd hook a, a P3 asset to a machine. Best thing would happen that they go in a coma. Whoa. Worst thing is they pass away. So they've refined this over the years to try to perfect this because here's the thing. If you have assets right there that are keep, you know, they're helping you access this technology, you guys use it for your own purposes. Well, if people keep dying off of this process, you're going to have to keep going out in the world and taking people. So if you can figure out a way how to refine that source and keep these people alive to, and, and they willingly want to do this, the way that he described this to me, at least one of the contacts was that it's almost like somebody in hospice dying of cancer. So when you're flooding them with drugs that make them feel good, they, uh, they don't, they feel great. They don't feel like they're dying, mm -hmm. but up here they know they're dying. Right. It's kind of the same concept. So these people still willingly uh, go through this, these measures. Now it's only uh, these P3 assets. It's not just that if people do not have that kind of characteristics or that genetic uh, makeup, if you will, um, to participate in that, they have them do other things. There's a breeding program I was read in and about, which um, it's equating to almost like a racehorse where it takes a thousand horses to breed one specific horse that has this ability, right? That's maybe faster, stronger, um, maybe, you know, the perfect horse per se. They do this with a sense of people for generations because everybody asks, okay, well, who's, who's scrubbing the toilets? Who's cooking the food? Who's maintaining the facilities? Well, it's people in these programs that don't have any social security numbers people who are bred, but also people taken with these assets or at least to be P3 assets that may not work for them. And those are the ones because a lot of people ask, including myself, I have this question. Why doesn't any of the janitors come out and talk about these facilities? Right. Well, because if they expose what's going on, they're not a part of the system anymore. They don't get that lifestyle. Now they have to go back home because they don't have social security numbers. They're technically illegal aliens at that point. Hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of stuff at play here on the back end that I did not think about until these people actually started, you know, they give me little by little. So I understand what, you know, at segments at a time, instead of just doing like a bucket mouth thing and throwing everything at me, they give me little by little so I can literally chew it and understand what the process is, understand what it's for and really sit and think about it. And then they continue to add more to build this big picture. So there's a lot more coming down the pipe. Um, especially in the next year or so, um, there's going to be some things that I'm going to witness, like I said, that are going to provide me um, answers to questions I have, but in a first person perspective, as, as opposed to having to take their word for it. So, right. yeah, and these are, um, look, these are incredible claims, Mike. You know, I'm sure there are people who are hearing this for the first time. Um, I'm hearing it for the first time, quite frankly. I was waiting to talk to you specifically. Um, in this interview, just so I could have kind of like a real-time reaction. We didn't speak before this about some of the right. things that you were privy to or witnessed. Um, and it's it's eye-opening. It's, it's you know, these kind of these revelations of, I guess, to see if I can piece this together. So essentially, this goes back to 2009 when you were first, you know, made privy to the situation of people being taken by humans using reverse-engineered, you know, ET technology. And that's what you saw. You held at gunpoint and everything. And that was part of your disclosure story. And then you come to find out through contacts and through insiders who've taken you now to these black sites 
or to at least one individual black site that this is not a human trafficking operation, that this is basically a recruitment process where they're taking people from around the world who are, you know, sensitive to different abilities that they could use to operate um, alien technology in order to further understand how it's used and how to reverse engineer it. And how long has this been going on? Um, From my knowledge, it's been going on ever since this black team was created in 1947 Hmm. during the National Securities Act. So, you know, Roswell, obviously, everybody knows about that. Everybody knows that there was three craft that went down that day that were targeted and they were targeted by very advanced weapon systems. Right. The earliest uh, indication or indication that ET presence was on planet Earth was in the like in the late 1800s is when this started getting knowledge to the government and among other sources. But this black team or this black organization was not created until 1947. Their specific purpose was this issue on this UFO retrievals, right? So you have people like David Grush who came forward exposing things that he knows people participated in or had access to, which is uh, United States government crash retrieval program, right? But then you have the black teams. So government or blue team is what they refer to government as. So blue team has their own stuff, but black team has this edge on them because they have much more perfected systems compared to what the government has. These guys are literally the most powerful organization on this entire planet because of the technologies that they have. Their technologies can do circles over an F-22, an F-35, a B-21 Raider, or a B-2 Spirit, right? Those are all obsolete into what these guys have, all right? This black site I went to in particular, they shoot down two to three ET craft a year. Shoot it down. And it's... They shoot them down with advanced uh, EMP systems, right? So they surface these EMP weapons and they target these craft when they materialize. Now, here's the thing. I found out through these insiders how they make this happen. They take a P3 asset to make contact and literally summon ET craft. Hmm. So when that happens, then they target it with these weapon systems and they shoot them down. And they go and do their crash retrieval operation and bring it to the facility. What happens to the alien bodies in that case? They, um, if they're alive, they're captive. Um, I don't know specifically on that, but I was told that there has been extraterrestrial occupants that these people have seen, not firsthand, but they've seen the actual craft, right? Mm-hmm. When they went to go retrieve this. So this other part of the organization, they're also doing this aspect of the bodies. What I was told is that they incinerate some of the bodies, I think if they're alive, they may do other things, but I'm not sure on that. But I know for a fact that they incinerate the dead bodies of, of you know, uh, non-human intelligence, which it doesn't feel good to hear that because that's pretty much murder. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's laws that protect human on human violence, right? Innocent people dying from from murder. But there's nothing that protects non-human intelligence, right? But it's still the same concept. You still have innocent life that's being lost in this process. You know, and this bothers these guys because this is what they do on a on – a, on a regular basis. Now, what people need to understand is this black site is one of many. All right. So because it's one of many, there's other black sites throughout the world who are doing the same thing. So you have um, two to eight, you know, at, at a span of 60 plus years, or even since the eighties for that matter, because a lot of these bases were being built around that time frame. So you have until the eighties until now present day, which is still going on. So think about it a big picture globally. Let's say if there's a thousand of these bases, and that's I'm probably not exaggerating with that, and I might be a little shy in that number on a global aspect, right? <laughs> but if you have thou- a thousand bases or black sites that have the same technology that utilize the same protocols to t- literally summon these craft and have these P3 assets do that, that connect to the craft, hijack it from the ET occupants to literally freeze it so they can't move, and then they target it with these scalar longitudinal EMP weapon systems and bring it down. So you're talking about thousands of craft being right. recovered around the world by this organization that has no oversight of it whatsoever, that, embell- uh, that literally embezzle funds out of the black budget of the United States government, right? So these guys have perfected this system since 1947 to understand how they can get away with this. What I was told is to think of this organization like a nebulous cancer. 
they are like a secret society in ways because they have their fingers and toes in pretty much everything when it comes to media, comes to the military, government, um, entertainment business for that matter, local law enforcement agencies, federal agencies, they have their hands in every single thing you can think of. And that purpose is literally to keep up with what they're doing. So understanding that there's also people who have been misled ever since they've been in these programs to think that what they're doing is for the betterment of this country when it isn't. Hmm. Now they're getting wind of that because people like me, people who are spreading the word on the illegal secrecy of this. Now all of a sudden they're changing their minds and saying, we don't want to be a part of this anymore because the majority of these people serve the military, right? They're very good people, but now they realize they've been played and misled. So if they come forward, they risk their lives, they risk their families, but on a much more seriousness compared to what I've been doing. I've had some crazy things happen. I haven't had it in a little bit, but you know, I, I, I end up having to move. Wow. And I'm, I'm not telling anybody where I moved because I had to move because it started getting, it started getting really weird. Um, I started having help. I mean, helicopters have been really harassing us. My family, uh, my uncle, my, my dad, anybody that I've talked to on a close basis, and my family, they know where everybody lives, hmm. you know, and I've, uh, these contacts I've, I've showed them like, Hey, you know, like they know who's doing it. There's government officials that are having the same thing happen to them. And thankfully the contacts I have in this organization are also helping them out. Wow. So, um, prior to that meeting, I, I, like I told you that I was having this meeting, uh, the guy, Joey, not Joey's not my name who got in touch with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was yesterday. Yep, we spoke. That's right. Okay. So he, you know, he kind of told you more on an in-depth basis on what I was dealing with, right. at least on the logistical side of things, right? right? So when I left the paper trail, I left one of the government officials that he oversees the entire black budget of the government. Like that's like he's, he'd be equivalent to a two or three star general if he was in the Pentagon. Hmm. And I left a paper trail to him and, um, my contact ended up sending me a transcript of their conversation they had. And they talked about a lot of crazy stuff, right? But one of the things that made me feel good was like, okay, the person I'm talking to also is talking to everybody that I'm talking to. Hmm. But he's coming forward because of what I saw. But now he wants to explain like why they were doing it, but now get the government involved because it, you know, I, I understand how people think especially hearing the story that I, that I uh, told in, in DC, my testimony, all that kind of stuff. I, I get it. I get, there's a lot of people who are open-minded and say, okay, this makes sense. But coming from a third party perspective, I understand how crazy it sounds. And that's always the thing that, you know, I, I, I've dealt with ridicule my whole life. I've got very thick skin. I've heard everything. My rule is, you know, I'm not going to listen to people if they're not living the life that I want to. I got a higher net worth than most people I know. And that's, that's great because the other people that I know that have a higher net worth than I do, they're great people. And those are the people I listen to because that's the level I'm trying to get to. Yeah. You know, I want an empire made. I want all these things to happen. I know it's like to have some pretty fancy cars that people can't afford and they wish they could, but that's where hard work comes into. Okay. That even gets scrutinized from people who don't have that kind of stuff. Right. Or you sell drugs for to get a Lamborghini per, per se, right? Hmm. You know, so there, there's stigmas about things. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how great you're doing. So I'm used to that, right? right? But then you have my professional life as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, getting into the middle of this stuff of, of being able to come forward and talk about experiences that I had in 2009. So in the business sense, I took a risk because guess what? I don't have any of my businesses listed except for my private security firm. But my other stuff, I don't want people contacting me through that, trying to schedule interviews or try to harass my employees or try to come to my locations or whatnot, because it sounds crazy. Yeah. Right. right? So anybody who is dealing with this has to have thick skin. David Grush has very thick skin and him and I talk on a regular basis. I was going to say you guys actually met, right? That was something else that um, happened a little while yeah. back. We asked to kind of keep it on the down low, but now that's kind of come out that you guys have met and you, you do converse with, with David Grush. Oh yeah. You know, the thing with him though, is, you know, he was talking about a non-human intelligence um, murdering innocent people. It's not really the case. That's 
this black organization that was doing it. Um, they were kidnapping people. Um, they had things that look like ETs, you know, which are not ETs, but they have things that look like that. They've got clothing programs. They've got a bunch of other things that, you know, I don't have, I can't talk about it because I don't know the specifics of it, but I just know that there's been acknowledgement of this stuff. I am wondering you know, too, Mike, what did they, and maybe you can't answer this is my, it might be too of a uh, specific of a question. What kept you up at night? What made you, when you got back, what was it that that stuck with you that said, Oh my gosh, you know, you got back from this meeting and you just could not reconcile what you saw. Um, I realized at that moment that this is much deeper than what I thought it was. I realized that this is like, this is an uphill battle and this is, these are from people. There's a, like I said, there's a majority now that I know this, and this has been months later, I was, I I was worried about, honestly, you know, if I was to have um, talked about anything, is the harassment going to get worse? Am I going to end up missing at some point? You know, a lot of the shows that I did, I talked about me being in good health, mentally, physically, um, all this kind of stuff. So if something did happen to me, it's completely abnormal. I sure as hell didn't do it myself. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of thoughts that played in my head with this because it is it is frightening because these guys have technologies. These guys can do anything that they damn well please. Mm. They literally there's nothing that stops them. If they can have the technologies. And they have stuff that I don't even know about. They have things that, that, that I don't even understand. But that's why they're segmenting things and letting me understand things and, and kind of breaking it down. Because to them, this is just a normal day in the office, so to speak. For people like us, this is like, holy shit. Like, this is, this is way deeper than what I was thinking. But it makes sense because yeah, I get it. A lot of people don't have these genetic predispositions to have the psionic abilities. So they, again, use people to do that. But I was understanding, I was trying to figure out how they, how they shot down ET craft. And understanding that they use these P3 assets to attract the, and summon these ships or these craft and shoot them down that way. Now it made sense because now they start filling the details in on certain things. And now it starts connecting the dots. Now that's the thing that Ross Coldhart told me when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he knew one of the contacts, um, at least from the back end, because the, one of the contacts that I've been talking to is also told David Grush things on the back end of also letting him know that, yes, what he's talking about is true. And this is where it's at. This is how it is. You know, everything kind of like what they did with me. This guy also knows stuff that Grush has talked about. So, so it all kind same of guy, connects. <laughs> what's that? It, it all kind of connects with, you know, yes, stories, contacts. It all kind of comes together. Correct. You know, so the, the other thing with it, too, is a lot of these guys, they have access to pretty much anything. They can run anybody's name. They can find anything about you. These guys are doing the same sense, but when it comes to other people coming forward, because there is a risk of double agents coming through, uh, misinformation agents, things like that. And they're trying to basically separate the bullshit from the people who actually genuinely have something that they actually did see or partook in for the matter. So that was good to hear that this is what these guys do because they're trying to segment everything and then they can also help provide understanding to people of what they witness, such as myself. It was an incidental incident, right? Uh, incidental witness. Um, yeah. It was just something we stumbled across upon. It's not like we, we were read into that and understand that that was going to take place that day. But understanding that the rebels in the area, you know, they murder and kill people in that part of the world very uh, on a daily basis. And it's a, it's a game to them. So if this organization has stock if you will in these people over there then of course they're going to come to the aid and take these people so that way they don't have to redo the screening process for another uh, another part of the world or whatever for that matter because they already have everything that they did over there so what i gather by that is that they were getting these people the hell out of there before they were murdered or killed or whatever potentially could have happened to them and then they took them over to an installation that may have been nearby or even back in this country for the matter it's incredible. So it's just it's it's a whole different world. It's it's this underground operation that's been going on for decades. And how do they how do they get away with it? Is it just because they have their hands in everything because they are the, you know, the cabal, whatever name you want to put on them? Is it just because they they control every aspect of you know, military, government, uh infrastructure, industry? 
that they just have all these plants and they're able to just hide what they're doing from the world? I would assume so. I don't know the specifics of that, but, you know, putting two and two together, but that's kind of a, you know, if you put two into everything, you can literally find whatever you want. Yeah. In the relationship aspect, you know what I mean? So it's possible that that's, that's how they do it. I mean, there's probably more things at play that even I don't know. And I may at one point understand in the future, because like I've, like I tell everybody, I'm learning about this as much as anybody else is. Right. The only difference is I get to learn, you, you guys learn it from me and I'm the only person in the world talking about this stuff. Yeah. At least in the public face. And that's what these guys appreciate uh, me doing because they call, they call me basically the face of the, of their, of these guys, like the face of their organization of wanting disclosure and transparency to come. Now there's a lot of dark things about this, obviously. And that's what's scary about it. The thing that I guess keeps me going is the potential future that we could have as a human race. Because if this technology comes out, think about it in this way. They've got cloning programs, for example. Let's say you have a failing heart or kidneys. Well, they can take your genetic material, probably grow a new heart or kidneys instead of having to use a donor to do that and using somebody's life or somebody who may expire. But they could just grow it and give it to you and it functions the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, uh, I mean, reattaching limbs. I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. Um, technologically speaking, our world would be a much better place because if people have this kind of technology, the theory with this is that if you have species of a higher consciousness that have higher technology, then it means that they're not going to be at a lower level of being primitive with, excuse me, murder, wars over resources, things like that. Yeah. They're going to be more helpful. And it's just... And I think yeah, I was no, I was gonna say, um, because no, I, I gosh, I wish we had more time. I could talk to you about this for another two hours, but we only have about 10 minutes left. Um, just, just with you know the way schedules work out today. I'm just wondering what what's their end game, right? These these black sites, maybe not the one in particular that you were at, but maybe just as a whole, if this has been going on for decades, when do they stop? What like what point do they want to reach in technology or money? What is their mission? What is their goal? I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. Hmm. Um, I can tell you from the good guys in this organization, which is vast numbers compared to the bad guys, I can tell you that their goal is that they want this to be transparent. I know these guys need an income source so they could transition out of that work and still provide for their families because these guys are getting paid pretty damn well, right? Sure. So if they have something that's similar to that that they can, that they can have and, and live off of, while they're looking for another employment, I know I've heard that personally. That's kind of the, the thing that stops these people because they've got everything provided for their family. Right. You right. know, if it, you know, so that's, that's kind of where it gets tricky. So the good guys want this to be transparent. I know the bad guys don't. And that's why they go through the links to try to silence people. I can't sit there and say that, you know, with what I'm doing is completely safe. I don't encourage anybody hmm. to do, to take the initiative that I'm doing, but I've got the support and I've got the security in place, not only from my own guys, my own teams that I have, but it's also from these guys and it's also from the government. Because when this guy came forward on my behalf to a degree to the government, they now realize when they connected the dots, they're like, okay, what I talked about was true at the Aero Office and the Pentagon and just some senators and Congress people, Special Intelligence Committee or a Senate Intelligence Committee and then Special Intelligence Service, right? Because now they have somebody who's completely working in that operation right. or has done several of those. They're all of a sudden telling them what I experienced and what it was for. So now they understood that there's a seriousness to it. So that felt good because now everything's being corroborated on the back end. I see a lot of people trying to say, well, okay, why don't these guys come forward? Well, here's the thing. If you have access to some of the most cutting edge technologies that are hidden from the public and they've been hidden from the public since 1947 mm -hmm. and they're used for purposes of generating income because that's how these guys have a foothold on the entire globe. Are they going to be so friendly just to let people leave it and then come talk about it openly? Right. No, they're not. Right. The, the, there's 13 murders that I'm aware of, of very high profile people 
ranging from government officials to others that this these organization has done. Hmm. And it's very alarming. I'm not going to reveal wow. names of who they are, but 13 murders that I know of of very high profile people really? that were at the hands of these people because they wanted to keep a tight lid on it. So I, I, I'm, I can't say that I'm, I'm ballsy. Um, I'm scared because <laughs> it's, it's the unknown, but this is how things get done. They don't get done just from sitting, talking about it. They get done because people in the back end, people are trying to make things happen. And disclosure is the, the only way I can see it happening is if we keep pressing forward on this issue, not letting all the other stuff. Yeah, they can be hurdles, but we can jump over those. You know, it took me it took me months to, to learn how to talk about this without getting emotional, without getting, you know, um, feeling defeated at times because it, it is hard. It, being in my shoes right now it is, it is very hard because you have to cope with the reality of what you've been told your whole life to the actual realization of what's going on. Which is this whole underground operation essentially of reverse engineering, using people for experimentation to learn how to use these things, recruits from around the world that have these, you know, I guess what psychic abilities or sensitive to these things. It's, um, it's, it's next level stuff, Mike. I mean, honestly, it's, it's pretty incredible. Where, <laughs> where do we go from here? What's, what's next? I mean, who in government can or will do anything about this? Are they looking into really trying to uncover these things? Yes. Um, I, I, the only thing I can tell you is that they are. I okay. can't tell you how they're doing that. I can't tell you what the specifics or the time frame of that is because partially it's to keep this without anybody knowing what the plan is. I know what the plan is. I've been well-versed in that just because of what, you know, because I'm still potentially involved with that. I'm not going to go into detail about it. I'll talk to you about that privately. Um, when I can talk about that uh, publicly, then it's going to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Because, because like I said, I'm still learning about this as much as you guys are, as much as your audience, as much as the whole world is for that matter. You know, so I have to rely on these guys to, to literally feed me the information and tell me what, what is accurate and what isn't. And I'm, unfortunately I'm at their mercy when it comes to disclosure because i understand the sensitive nature of this because of what they're dealing with on the back end and it's scary it scares them too because they they've seen things happen firsthand of what these guys can do because they're involved they they're literally in the same organization it's like you being a good guy coming to work and you have a team that you're with and some of them are all murderous psychopaths hmm. you can go down the street and go shoot random people and think it's fun and here you, the good people in the office are like, we're not doing that. Yeah. You know of it. You know, so that's, that's where it kind of gets, it's where it kind of gets a little crazy, you know, because these guys have to watch their, their six at all times. Now they have to do their job that, that, that they do, but then they have all of a sudden this other aspect of it too. Well, it's gotta so, be, yeah, it's gotta be pretty risky for them to, you know, take you on and show well, you things, it, type it things. It very much is. And people need to understand that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in the boat as everybody else. I want this all to freaking come out already. Yeah. Just let it all out. Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm, the world's been waiting for this. This is what needs to happen. This is how we improve as a, as a species. This is how, you know, I don't have children, but this is how many children's lives are going to be impacted in future generations off of the actions we do today. Right. And that's kind of my driving force because, you know, I can't have children, which is, you know, it's been a blessing in some disguise, but at the same time, I'd like to make my dad a grandpa. I mean, that's kind of his goal, you know, but if I don't, can't have kids and I can do it for myself, I can do it for future generations and, and have the understanding that, you know what, maybe, maybe my purpose in this world is to get this out. And if I can do that, I can, I can sleep good at night knowing what I'm doing to try to contribute. But I understand that I, I'm anxious about it. I, I sleep well because I take melatonin and a bunch mm -hmm. of other things to help with that. But at the same time, it's just having to understand the, the realization of what's going on and what it does. It's, it's, I mean, no pun intended, but it's otherworldly. This, to them, this is normal. This is just a regular day to them. And people like us, it's like, wow. Right. Mind is blown. And um, it is. 
I think mine has has kind of been blown here today too. There's so much more of that um, I want to get is. to you with you know. But there uh, is. That's why we're going to keep this going. I've told you that from the beginning. I refuse to talk to mainstream media about this because that all they want to do is get the information. Probably tell whoever is involved with that that this guy is releasing information, and who knows. You know what I mean? But you guys are uh, people like you, I should say, Stephen, are for about the truth. And you're letting people make up their minds of what's real and allow them to come to the realization themselves. Because I'll tell you two things before we get off here. There may be a time in our lifetime where maybe ET does decide to land and show themselves and intervene. That moment right there, we're all going to be wrong. Every single one of us on this planet are going to be wrong about our history, about everything we know about this world. We're all going to be wrong. Hmm. You have advanced civilizations who have lived a lot longer than the human race has that probably knows how everything started. So it's a it's a learning curve for us in that degree if that ever happens. The second thing is people have to understand that not everything is what it seems. I thought that this was like a very dark operation like organ harvesting, drug trafficking, human trafficking, even though that does happen. And I'm sure these this black organization may do that, too. I mean, what the hell would stop them? They've got most advanced technologies to do that. Hmm. So I always encourage people, have an open mind and have an understanding. And, I, and the other thing is, too, I'm in the same boat as them. I want this all to come out. I want everybody to benefit from this as well as myself. But it takes me and several others to be that canary in the coal mine. We're the ones filling it out, paving the way. So when this can come out, everybody can can understand and make up their own conclusions about it. There's still going to be naysayers, unfortunately, but that's just that's just them as a personality, right? So thanks to people like you, you know, uh, taking the time to put people on like me. Thanks to people like Joey's not my name. Um, him getting information out, he's been a tremendous help, and uh, I encourage him to watch this and if he can timestamp it and understand that yes, I'm relaying information to him. He reached out to me and wanted more clarification and more specifics so he could make up his own mind. And then when I found out that this contact wanted to get a hold of me, these, you know, these people in these organizations to tell me what, what do we experience and what it was for, then it's like, okay, well, if what I talked about was true, these guys wouldn't have came forward on my behalf to tell me what I saw. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, that, it's... Never, that never happens. That's why this is the thing that was so crazy to me. Because it's like that never happens. Yeah. Here exactly. I'm thinking it's an uphill battle that I'm the only one talking about this. And I, I get how it makes me look publicly. There's people who, who who like what I'm doing. There's people who, okay, I'm not sure. And then there's the exact opposite. Yeah. And I don't care. I know what I'm exposed to on a daily basis. And that's what I pertain to. You know, it's almost like some of these people that have, you know, family members that may be, may be into some very controversial stuff. But it's not like they're going to go tell the whole world. Right. You know, they're going to keep it secret, too, because it has their reputation online. I got a reputation myself, you know, but at the same token, it's like this is I can put aside things for a, a, a time being and, and concentrate on what needs to happen. You know, and. I don't know where this is going to take us. That's always up in the air. That's always a question I have at the end of the day. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I you know, am I is this a good cause to partake in? You know, am I you know, is my family going to be safe? These are all questions I ask myself every single day. I am looking over my back. I am, I'm armed all the time. You know how uncomfortable it is sometimes to be armed all the time, sitting in your office chair and it's, you know, things like that. You know, I don't, I, I don't like carrying a gun on me all the time, but it's just the world we live in these days. I'm not going to take a risk anymore. But I got other people that work with me that, you know, are part of my team. And that's their sole purpose is security. I got people that live close to me that that can drive over there at any point and make sure, you know, so I'm thankful for that type for that um, to have that ability to have people like that, as well as these insiders that are helping now because they have some pretty big assets themselves um, of what they can utilize and do all that provide security for even politicians. And then of course the measures to the government. So there is a safety net that's been created, but at the same token, it's, it's, it's reality in a sense, but it's still nerve wracking and it's going to continue to be. And the more that I get exposed to this, the more that it's going to keep being, um, you know, getting my anxiety through the roof mm. to a degree, you know, but I'm in the same boat as everybody else. Yeah. Well, 
You know what, Mike? I, I'm happy to be, you know, kind of like your outlet when it comes to all this stuff. It's it's a lot to take in and it's a lot to handle. You need somebody to talk to. We're here. I appreciate you um, spending the time to go through all these details that, you know, you haven't really spoken about a lot to, to really many people at all. So, I mean, I'm honored mm-hmm. that you've come on and I appreciate your kind words, you know, about what I what I try to do here with with the show and, you know, talking to you and people like you as well. Like I said, um, I wish we had another two hours to do it, but hopefully we can reconnect. Right. There's a lot more that we can cover. There's a lot of questions I have on my mind, and uh, I'm go. sure there's a lot more that um, you know we, we can uncover in the in the future, maybe soon. Right. Well, you know there there will be. You know I know that for a fact. You know I, I enjoy to an extent um, telling people what's going on in the world. You know as, as crazy as it sounds, but it's the truth. And that's the thing is that people have to understand that, you know, this truth is stranger than fiction. There's a reason why that's that saying exists. Right. There was a manuscript that they provided me. This is the last thing I'm going to say. There was a manuscript that, that they provided me of an event that happened similar to what I experienced in 2009. But this happened in Mexico in 2004. Hmm. And these black team operators killed a JSOC operator, which is Joint Special Operations Command. Right. right? So these are these are very, very tough guys. Very, you know, these are almost tier one guys. I'm pretty sure they're tier one. Um, and these guys murdered one of those operators like it was a killing game. And when I read that, because they, they read it as a historical fiction, the, the book is called The Sentinels of Ether. There's more parts of this book. But what they gave to me was a portion that related to what I saw and why and how they were doing this operation, too. Um, but that kept me up. I, I, I broke down because that could have been me. That could have been any of my Marines. I could have been myself getting murdered like that. I'm not going to go into detail because I'll probably end up crying about it because that's what usually happens. But it's um, it, it put reality in, in, in my face very quick of what that could have turned into. Mm. But that was reality. And, you know, it was so barbaric on how they did that to somebody who's serving our country and, and trying to put food on the, on the table for his family if he had a family, you know, but that is a reality that's very hard to swallow that there's a lot of innocent people that are losing their lives at the hands of these psychopaths, these murderers, you know? So that's, that's my driving force too, because if this can end at least these bad guys, then there's really not a lot more that would stand in our way besides our, our own egos at the end of the day. Well, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle, Mike, and I know you're ready for it. And you know what? I'm, I'm here as well to, uh, again, you know, be that outlet, any help you need to get any word out, I'm happy to do it. So I know we'll uh, we'll talk more in the future. There's plenty more to come, plenty more developments, I'm sure. And I look forward to uh, keeping up with you about it. Um, and we'll, you know, we, we can do this all again and get further updates as as things happen. Much more to come. To be continued here with with uh, Mike Herrera on UAP Weekly. Um, it, it's it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for everything that uh, you know you're doing that you're going through. And that's uh, you're trying to get done and that you are getting done. And thank you again for coming on here to talk about it. And like I said, to be continued. Correct, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I, I want people to know the truth and get this out and understand that, you know, when it does, I'm not, you know, we're not doing this for money. I don't need that. I got plenty of that. Um, it's not about that. It's about doing the right thing at the end of the day. And there's people that need to follow in suit with that. And that's where I stand. And that's what I'm going to continue to until until something happens, either it's good or bad. Either way, it's something has to give at the end of the day. Oh, it's a strong message, Mike, and um, it's it's a worthy one. So we'll pick it up. We'll 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 pick it up from here, and I look forward to catching up with you on all this stuff, and you know, kind of continuing the conversation uh, pretty soon. I think. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, buddy. There you have it. Uh, the interview myself and Michael Herrera. Uh, it was it was an adventure for sure. Hopefully, you. Got, um, you know, a lot of in some type of enjoyment. I know it wasn't like a very happy subject, but just enjoyment in the sense of it made you think, it made you wonder. It's maybe gave you new ideas or of what's going on out there. Hopefully it's something that's kind of opened your eyes one way or the other, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But there definitely will be a part two. Michael and I have been talking um, in the past within the past few days after that interview we will we are keeping up with each other and there will be more to come as 
he discovers any more information that might come along his way. There is um there there will be more to come, I guess is probably the best thing I can say without going too far into detail. So that will do it. Not much more to say here today. Thank you for joining me here on this uh, special edition of UAP for this interview with Michael Herrera. As always, you can continue to follow the show on social media at UAPodcast850, right there on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, trying to get a little bit more of those going as well, and a little bit of Instagram too, but it's all the same, at UAPodcast850. Anything you want to send me directly through email, you can do that, S-D-I-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. Spells out S-D-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. And, of course, continue to download and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 75 will be coming out soon-ish, so I have plans on that one. I know what it's going to be. I just need to get it together and have that one out to you uh, maybe within another week or so. So I'll keep you updated on episode 75, the new episode with brand new music as well. Some new intro music, some new outro music that I'm... Uh, excited to premiere for you guys that I think you're going to like. I think so. But anyway, that'll do it for now right here on this special edition of UAP. It's Stephen Diener here with you signing off and saying, have a great day. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Have a good one.